more to come. PW Comic World's weekly podcast of comics and graphic novel news recorded from all over the place, except only really my house now. Anyway, I am Heidi McDonald, the editor-in-chief of The Beat at ComicsBeat.com. And find us on social media at, at PW Comics World. We're on Twitter, or we're on Tumblr, we're all over the place, we're on Facebook, and also at PW, uh, let's see, I got that wrong, publishersweekly.com slash comics. You know, Calvin usually does that. Anyway, today I am thrilled to be joined by T. Fugner, who is the editorial director, have I got that right? Yes. Editorial director for comics. Okay. All right. For King Features. So T is actually, um, well, welcome T. Hi Heidi. It's so nice to be here. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, um, you know, you've quite stealthily risen through the ranks and, (laughs) and now you are, you know, uh, the editorial director for comics for one of the, the grand existing comic book syndicates. Yes. It's uh, it's a pretty neat job. It's you know I I like I like to tell people that you know I get to read comics all day long and it's only about half true but it's definitely half true so I certainly can't complain about my job. Yeah, yeah. So and you have been at King Features for eleven years. You well, it's gonna be almost twelve. It's almost twelve years. Right, right. Uh, and you started as I think a what was what was your first position there? editor so mainly that job involved reading the slush pile <laughs> wow well you kind of have one of the great jobs in comics i have to say so i want to talk about your journey there and also some of the super exciting stuff that's happening uh and also of course we're talking at a great time with mark trail has just uh has just debuted this week which everyone is talking about so, uh, you know, T, you've done lots of really, uh, amazing stuff there at King Features. But before we really dig into that, um, I want to ask you, just for any listeners who really don't know, because it is a little bit 20th century, what is a comics syndicate? <laughs> we are not an organized crime family, just to get that out of the way. I know very, a lot of people are very disappointed when they find that out. Uh, basically, what a syndicate does is a syndicate kind of works as a, mic, a cross between a publisher and an agent. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we work with talent and we work with cartoonists, uh, p- puzzle makers, and columnists uh, to help them refine their work and make it the best it can be. And then what we do is we actually have a, an incredible sales team, and that sales team finds publishers, uh, traditionally newspaper publishers, but increasingly so um, people in digital publishing, magazine publishers, etc., who want content for their publication. And our sales team sells the stuff that we make in-house to those publications so that they can share it with their readers. Oh, right, right. So, exactly. Um, you, you know, just for context, I mean, you know, back in the day of, uh, you know, when newspapers were the only news that people got and there wasn't an internet and all that stuff, uh, you know, syndicates were incredibly powerful. I mean, you know, being a syndicated columnist like Irma Bombeck or Art Bookwald was like a dream job for a lot of people and was an incredibly powerful place. And also for the cartoonists of the day, um, you know, like Charles, from Charles Schultz and, uh, all of them, Dick Tracy, the whole history of, of, of comic strips, they all ran through syndicates, correct? Yes, 
yes, the vast majority. Occasionally, you'll see something that's self-syndicated or that only runs in one paper um, or that the home paper for a, co- a cartoonist might syndicate just that one or those one or two cartoons. But most of the comics that you see today are um, in, you know, if you're looking in a comic section in a paper um, are basically published by syndicates. Right, right. So, so yeah, there's always been, um, been, I, I, I will say, I won't use the word, uh, gatekeeping, but incredibly powerful. Let's put it that way. Uh, the, 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 the syndicates that got, you know, the comic strips in our papers, uh, were, were, you know, incredibly influential. And obviously, you know, nowadays, like you said, newspapers are, uh, just one of many venues that we can read comics in. So, um, so, but you, you know, you, so, so you started out, as you said, reading the slush pile, um, and I, I, like, what's been the evolution of King Features just through the time that you've been there? So I think that, um, I think that when I started at King Features, um, one of the things that's really interesting for me is that I read the slush pile for about eight years. And in those eight years, we only picked one comic out of the slush pile to syndicate, um, which is Take It From the Tinkersons by Bill Betley. <laughs> it's a great comic. It's very funny. But it, um, you know, one of the things that I've really been working on the entire time I've been at King and that we're really, I think, starting to see more movement on is coming up with other ways to publish comics and coming up with um, different, different vehicles for our characters beyond the daily comic strip that you're used to seeing. So, um, you know, and a lot of those things, a lot of those things we've really just started doing in the past few years. So we've started bringing on digital comics, uh, which is very exciting. So we have comics that are syndicated digitally and we do syndicate them out to a lot of, uh, a lot of different websites. Uh, but they're purely digital syndication. And we also, we've been doing some really cool projects really to kind of, you know, that we see as kind of community building projects, um, like Popeye's Cartoon Club, where we invited 52 different cartoonists to do their own rendition of Popeye for Popeye's 90th birthday. So we're really seeing, I think, I, we're, you know, we're really starting to see, I think, some different ways of thinking about comic strips and how to present comic strips for readers. I think a lot of people love comic strips but don't read a newspaper anymore and are looking for other ways to read their comic strips or other um, places to read comic strips. They don't always read them in the same way. They're not always opening, you know, they're not opening to the same page every single day to read a comic. So not ju- it's not just about changing where they're reading them, but sometimes changing the format a little mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, certainly during during the era that um, you know the physical newspaper has has I mean, there's no other word for it, but you know, declined in the face of the internet. Uh, obviously, web comics became incredibly powerful and and i mean t-, t you should see the face of some people when i said way back in the day 20 years ago it's like oh well you know these web comics are the equivalent of the comics page of the newspaper i mean nobody wanted to hear about it but the reality is yeah people want to read a little a, people want a little short laugh or a little short adventures you know they want a little hit of comics and uh you know the web delivers them incredibly well and I think there's, I think there's actually, um, a new, a newfound, um, kind of, um, 
opportunity for serial comics that um, we kind of, you know, I think serial comics had kind of uh, declined in, in, you know, in popularity it, during the newspaper era. And we're seeing, I think, a little bit more interest in serial stories because of web, web comics. Mm-hmm. A lot of comics have serial stories. So that's a really exciting thing. And I think that, like you said, like, I, I we think that um, because people are sharing things on the Internet and sharing things on social media, uh, the type of comics that people are looking at, they're, they're not necessarily seeing a whole week of comics, so they don't always know the characters. Mm-hmm. And so that's another, I think, important way to think about how comics are changing is, okay, how is this comic something that's going to appeal to somebody who's maybe never seen it before and maybe will never see it again? Right, right. Um, so I, just to, also to give a little a little background here. I mean, some of the comics that do run on, uh, so Comics Kingdom, comicskingdom.com is the online version and you can see current strips there, but, uh, you, you, for a subscription, which is $20 a year, uh, I was shocked at how little it was. So I just went ahead and subscribed because then you can read all the back, back comics. Yeah, it's really cool. We have a ton of comics from, we have to comics going back to the 1910s on there. So there's like some old crazy cat on there and some old, lots of old simple theater. Um, we think we just put up some old Prince Valiant. So it's really, it's really neat to, uh, if you get a subscription to be able to go in and read all of these classic old comics. Yeah, it's just some of the ones that are on there, the vintage of Bringing Up Father, uh, Beetle Bailey, Crazy Cat, uh, Secret Agent X9, and, uh, current comics, uh, Dennis the Menace, Mary Worth, Blondie, uh, Six Chicks, uh, Rex Morgan MD, one of my favorites. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, so, uh, you know, this week, obviously, uh, however, uh, in the news, it doesn't matter how old fashioned you think newspapers are or comic strips or whatever. Uh, you know, comic strips were always traditionally one of the most read parts of the newspaper. But, uh, the word I always heard was that, you know, editors hated to hear this because they, they were insulted that, that the comics were so popular. Um, and, the, you know, the comics pages shrank as newspapers shrank. Uh, but now we're kind of seeing a little bounce back here. And, and it doesn't matter how old a strip is, whenever there's a change, there are complaints. Uh, so, uh, you know, this week we've got a new Mark Trail. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, about what Mark Trail is and why people are talking about it? So Mark Trail is a comic that was started by a naturalist named Ed Dodd in 1946. And really what Ed wanted to do was he wanted to teach people about the environment, um, he felt very strongly that we needed to preserve our Earth for future generations uh, at a time when that was still really a new idea for a lot of people. And he developed a comic strip because he felt like, you know, comics are popular. This is a great way to entertain people and maybe they'll learn a little bit about what we need to do um, to protect our natural resources. So, um, so Ed... Um, Ed created Mark Trail. He worked on Mark Trail until 1978 when he retired, um, and it was taken over by his longtime assistant, Jack Elrod. Um, it's a comic about um, a, na- a nature journalist um, named Mark Trail. And Mark is, he works for a magazine called Woods and Wildlife, and he goes out and he actually does investigative journalism about environmental issues, which is really cool. 
and he'll go out and, you know, find out about some issue that affects our environment, whether it's, whether it's a corporation that's polluting or poachers that are hurting wildlife. And usually along the, usually along the way, he'll get incredibly invested in these stories and he'll end up literally becoming in you know involved in a way like where he'll he'll have to you know beat up some bad guys and save the day <laughs> so it's got adventure to it it's you know it's not dry at all it's it's a pretty exciting strip um but it's also a strip that i think in today's world you know environmentalism is so important to so many people and it was very important to ed um and we really wanted it, you know, it had really started to become more of an adventure strip and less of an environmentalist strip. And so we really wanted to bring it back to its environmentalist roots. We felt like, um, you know, it's actually something I spoke with Rosemary Dot, who is Ed's widow, who is a lovely woman. She's also an artist. And, um, you know, and she felt really strongly that the most important part of Mark Trail's story is that environmental message. Um, and she felt like, you know, when, you know, the best way to honor Ed's legacy was to really think about, okay, how do we get that environmental message to people today? So, um, so we, we, um, interviewed, we interviewed a number of different cartoonists about, um, taking over the strip and we chose, uh, Jules Rivera, who, um, she does a webcomic called Love Jules. She's also got a wonderful, um, sci-fi action graphic novel, um, that she did with a writer named Jennifer Brody called Spectre Deep Six. Um, and really the thing that we all loved about her work is that she is an extremely talented artist. She's good. She's great at realistic drawing, but she's also great at cartooning. Mm-hmm. She's able to fuse those together really well. She has a great sense of humor, which is something that I think when you're trying to get out, you know, when you're trying to get out the kinds of messages that Mark Trail is trying to get out, um, you know, I think it's important to not make it too dry. It's important for people to be able to laugh. Um, but the other thing that really excited us about Jules is that she has an engineering background and she's really committed to STEM and research and to environmental science, um, which is like, you know, to be able to find a cartoonist who also has that scientific background. Um, <laughs> so it's been a pleasure working with her. She takes her research so seriously. She must have, she read hundreds of Mark Trail strips, um, first during the audition process and then afterward. Um, she read tons and tons of backstories and really, you know, took the things that she thought were important from all of those to bring the new Mark Trail to life. So the new Mark Trail is here. Um, you can find him on Comics Kingdom. And I think uh, a lot of what a lot of what this first story is about is going to be about Mark confronting, you know, kind of the ways that journalism has changed, first mm. of um, because it's not realistic in today's world for somebody to be a full-time staff <laughs> for a nature magazine. Um, there aren't that many of those left. So really thinking about, okay, well, what would Mark be doing today? And we'll get, you know, you'll see that unro- un- unfold over the next couple of weeks. Um, but also really have Mark confront his roots. And, um, you know, there's so I don't want to give too much of the story away, but this is really going to be a story about someone who has a great deal of compassion and care for the environment, 
um, having to maybe face some things in his past that really hurt the environment. Um, and, you know, and how he's going to do that is what we're going to see over the next several weeks. I think Jules doing tremendous storytelling. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Well, I, I've known Jules for a while. Uh, she is a green haired firecracker. I mean, she's such a, she, you know, she's super talented. It's great. Just a great person. And, uh, I, you know, I've known her for a while and I kind of see her bouncing around the edges of comics a little bit, you know, and to see her get the spotlight like this is really exciting, actually. So, so great job. It's always so much fun when you find somebody who just needs, you know, that one break to get to the next level and be able to give it to them, isn't it? Yeah, it's really fantastic. And I feel like with Jules, she's just such a perfect fit. Um, I think not just for what we wanted, but, you know, what we, when we talked to Rosemary about what she wanted for Ed's legacy, um, Jules, Jules really, um, you know, ticked all the boxes and uh, we're just so, we're so lucky to have her. She's so enthusiastic, not just about the comic, but about all the issues that the comic represents. And so that's something that I, you know, I'm really looking forward to. Um, she's doing, she's doing, um, what she started calling them are the science Sundays, the Sunday strips that yeah. there's always a weird nature fact on Sundays. So there, it's not part of the story. And she's just, she's like delving into research. And one of the things that's really cool is that as Mark goes on his adventures in the comic, um, her science Sundays are going to teach people science facts about the things that Mark is doing in the comic, which is, I think, a little bit of a new twist that she brought. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, that's yeah. true. Those those science, I mean, I, I, I love those. I mean, I love comics about animals. I mean, I guess I love drawings of animals. I don't know why that is. I like animals, too, but I like drawings yeah. of them. <laughs> but... I was I was going to say, not to spoil anything, I don't think this spoils anything. She's got some amazing tree frogs coming. <laughs> All right. Well, there's our there's our headline for this. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear that that's coming back now. Um, you know, there's been controversy about this, and um, uh, just you, you, I I mean, I think when when you, your competitors at United launched relaunched Nancy with Olivia James, obviously we saw you know it was a hullabaloo at the time, and you know traffic soared. And there is so many comments on each Mark Trail strip as it as it appears. I mean, I have to imagine that the traffic on Mark Trail is is uh, you know how has it been this week? Do you have any of those numbers yet? It's sextupled, basically. It, it what? It's sextupled. It's um, <laughs> it's there's a lot of traffic on that comic, and um, the response on social media has been incredible. I, I just it's um, you know, we've just gotten so many so many people commenting on it and I think really enthusiastically commenting on it. Yeah. So that's been great. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but it's been a lot of people are reading it and that's very exciting too. And a lot of people I think who, um, who hadn't read Mark Trail in a long time and a lot of people who had never read Mark Trail before. So we're excited to welcome them all. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, the laugh here is that the, the more controversy is, the more people are going to look at it. So, um, you know, winning, <laughs> but um, it, it is, and I, you know, I'm glad Jules is also taking it in stride, also. Um, but I, you know, like I said, it's like any time a comic strip was dropped from the newspaper, traditionally, you know, there would be a a ton of, yeah, uh, but that might be one or two letters, right? But. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I think, you know, one of the things, um, you know, one of the things that it absolutely, I think whenever something changes, you're going to see complaints. There are people who are, are deeply committed to the thing as it existed. And this is one of those things where really for us, um, you know, for us, part of, um, understanding what Ed Dodd wanted Mark Trail to be uh-huh. and honoring that legacy really meant not allowing it to remain the same. Uh-huh. Uh, because, because environmental science hasn't stayed the same. And because, you know, one of the things that Ed was really, Ed was really committed to was always, um, always dealing with contemporary issues. Um, so, you know, we need to be as contemporary as Ed was during his time. Um, you know, we can't, we can't slack off and be like, okay, you know, we're going to make it old fashioned because Ed's <laughs> now wasn't old fashioned when he was creating this. And that's always, I think, really important to understand. So, you know, so I think, yeah, there are going to be people who miss the old one. You know, we'll see one of the things that I, you know, we can see if we can get some of the old ones up in the vintage section, you can pay 20 bucks a month to read them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, but the old ones will always be there. And I think the new one is bringing in a whole bunch of new people. So, you know, there will be people who maybe don't like this Mark Trail as much and don't want to read it. But, I, you know, I think for every one of them, there will be somebody who this Mark Trail, um, you know, is inviting and new to them in a way that the old one wasn't. And they're going to be excited to become new Mark Trail readers. So, you know, for everybody who has been reading for a long time, and, you know, and is excited by the change. I'm so thrilled to continue to uh, have you as Mark Trail fans <laughs> who are new. Welcome. Um, you know, it's going to be I think it's going to be an exciting ride. And I hope you enjoy this trip. Yeah. Well, there you go. But, you know, what is it, it, like the, these legacy strips? I mean, some of them have been running for 100 years, you know, yeah. and yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's hard to think of any other storytelling form that has this kind of continuity. In fact, I don't think there is any other storytelling form that has this kind of continuity. Barney Google and Snuffy Smith is 100 years old. Thimble Theater is 100 years old. Um, They're still running. Thimble Theater is called Popeye now, for those Mm -hmm. of you who don't know, that's the same comic. Um, But they're still running 100 years later. So um, that's, yeah, there's, I don't know that there's anything else like that um, unless there's some, like, obscure radio show that's been heard <laughs> a ago. Um, there might be, there might be some like journalism columns would be the only thing I can think of that might have lasted that long. But um, yeah, it's a really, and it's really cool to go back and look at the roots of these comics. I mentioned Thimble Theater and what a lot of people don't know is that Olive Oil was in Thimble Theater long before Popeye was. Um, Popeye was introduced 10 years into the comic. <laughs> These tremendous, interesting histories, and I, you know, anybody who hasn't looked back at the um, older versions of the classic comics you love, I highly encourage you to, because you'll find something delightful and surprising. Yeah. Um, Well, there is definitely a lot of history there. Now, did you? I mean, we are though seeing kind of the I'll say crossover. I mean, it's just evolution. I, I mean, T, there used to be so much. I mean, I'm just going to be brutally honest. You know, there was always a lot of snobbiness about comic strip artists and uh, comic book artists. You know, there was kind of, back in the day, I'm talking way back, you know, yeah. there was always this, this, you know, we live in a big house in Connecticut and, you know, for the comic strip artists <laughs> versus, uh, you know, and, and it was incredibly lucrative. I mean, if you had a successful, co- you know, comic strip 
back in the day, you were rich, like yes. super rich. Um, but now it's like, you, you know, it's all almost all one big happy family in a way. Yeah, I mean that's something that for me and I think you, you too, we've sort of seen. Um, I think even over the past decade, how it's really come together in a way where there isn't this, there isn't this like, you know, there isn't this segregation anymore mm-hmm. between what type of comics do you do? Um, there are people kind of dabbling in all of them, which is really cool to me. Um, you know, and I think, yeah, but I think also, I, I think that in turn, you know, the same way that Mark Trail's gotta, you know, find some other jobs occasionally, um, it's not, it's not a career that becomes incredibly lucrative except for a very, very lucky few. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, and I think that there are a lot of platforms where a lot of people have, you know, have a great deal more, um, more chance to find success online because you can find your specific niche audience, uh, which I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, I was just, I mean, what, you know, web comics are such an enormous, vast, Unknowable. I mean, it's like, you know, well, back in the day, so, you know, you could never eat at all the bars or restaurants of New York, you know, even if you ate at one a day, you know, there'd always be so many new ones you could never catch up. But if, even if you set out to read one webcomic a day, you would never catch up because it's so fertile. I mean, that must be incredibly exciting for you as an editor to have this kind of talent pool to draw on. Um, well, you know, one of the comics that we brought on this year as a digital, um, a digital syndicated comic is Ray the Doe by Olive Brinker, um, which I love. It's, it's an absolutely delightful comic about a, um, a, a transgender deer girl and her friends and they are adorable characters. They're these, all these little cuddly animal characters and they just deal with all this existential millennial angst. Um, which is like, it's the greatest comic and there's so many puns in it. She's like a pun master. Olive just like, I don't even know where she comes up with all of them, but you know, that's one of those places where it's, you know, there's tremendous opportunity for people, um, who wouldn't necessarily be published in newspapers or certainly a lot of newspapers um to find their audiences online and and so much opportunity for so many different you know sensibilities and styles of art Mm -hmm. right right yeah i i'm just looking at it now and it's absolutely adorable um yeah yeah, do you so you know calvin would kill me if i didn't ask you about this though like what is the process for uh or is there one for comics at at um, King Features to uh, be published, to be put in print. Like, do you have a print partner, or you know, do people do individual collections, or what? What's what's the process? Well, yeah. So basically, we don't have a specific print partner for our books. Um, basically, what happens? We have a wonderful um, person named Christina who manages our book licensing, and so she will find publishers, and we try to find the publishers who are the best matches for each book. So, you know, somebody who's sub, somebody who's publishing the Phantom might not be the right fit for Blondie, you know, or vice versa. And um, and so Christina's job is to find the best partners for each book and to um, to put together the licensing deals so that publishers can publishers can publish our wonderful comics mm-hmm. are there uh any strips that are uh, really doing well in print right now doing, 
print in books in in books. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Does phenomenally well. Um, there's an absolutely beautiful. Last year, um, uh, it came from Abrams. We put out this absolutely beautiful um, 25th anniversary book mm-hmm. uh, for Mutz. It's incredible. If anybody is interested in art process, um, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. I know um, Zitz always does well in collections. Baby Blues always does well in collections. A lot of the classic comics, um, you know, Blondie, I think, does very well in collections. There's also um, a, it's I think a couple years old now, a really great collection of early Blondie comics from IDW. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you're ever interested in knowing how Blondie started in the 1930s, it's incredible. Uh, so there's, you know, yeah, there's, there definitely, I would say, I would say if it's a comic that's a household name, it's also doing fairly well in print. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually one of the, my favorites, um, that you publish is, uh, Macanudo by Linears. Yes. Oh, and Macanudo has beautiful books. The Macanudo mm-hmm. books yes. are great. Yeah. Uh, which, but that's also kind of a, uh, you know, that was also a little bit of a departure. I mean, uh, Linears is super famous in the Spanish speaking world, specifically South America. Uh, but bringing him to, uh, to U.S. readers was, you know, was a little bit, uh, a little bit unexpected, I guess. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, one of the wonderful things about Macanudo is that everything Linears does is unexpected. Uh, <laughs> yes. I think, um, yeah, it's, I think it's a really great comic for our time right now. One of the things that Linears always talks about is how he created it at a time when things in Argentina were not great and he wanted people to have a little bit more hope and optimism and that Macanudo is what came out of that. And I think that, you know, we're in a similar place. A lot of us are in a similar place here in the U.S. right now. And to be able to have this like nice little safe world of whimsy uh, that Linears draws for us every day is incredible. The other really wonderful thing I think about Macanudo is that it's the first comic strip that we have, certainly, um, that's available um, in English and Spanish on the same day because Linears writes it bilingually. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, a lot of our comics have to go through translation before they get to us um, in Spanish. And and Macanudo, you can read it in two different languages every day, which I think is really exciting. Um, you know, I think as there, especially as there are more and more bilingual people. Um, so it's... It's a really cool comic, and it is very different from a lot of the things that we see in newspapers. Uh, Linear's watercolors at every day. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, well, he's a rare talent, and you know, and he'd be the first to tell us that. But um, he is, uh, you know, the ability to be funny in two languages at the same time is is pretty impressive. It's amazing. He, it's absolutely amazing. So yeah, that's another one that if you're not familiar with it, please check it out. Yeah. So, um, well, I know you've got to, uh, you got to run along, but, uh, I, I will say what, uh, I have a couple, one more question for you. Sure, sure. Um, what, as you're looking, uh, you know, you said you went through a, um, a audition process for Mark Trail, but as you're looking for cartoonists, like what are some of the criteria? I mean, you got to be able to do this every day, obviously. So stamina yeah. is one of them, but yeah, what are some of the things you look for? So I think if you're, especially if you're pitching a comic to us, it's not, we're not hiring you for something. Um, you have to think about the fact that you're doing this every day. You have to have you can't you can't rest on one joke. It's gonna get it's gonna get old fast. You're gonna get bored fast. Um, so you gotta have you gotta love your characters. You gotta love your setting and know that you're gonna be stuck with it for at least five years. Um, 
So I think that's a big part of it. I think, um, you know, one of the things that I always look for is I look for people who have really distinctive styles who are going to stand out. Um, you're on a page with tons of other comics and you want people to recognize yours and become familiar with it and be like, oh, that's that one. I, you know, I recognize that. Um, you know, some of the people, some of the people who I've brought on recently, I've brought on two different cartoonists to six chicks, uh, Maritza Petrinos and Bianca Yunis. Um, and they both have really distinctive styles that I think are really beautiful in different ways. Um, so that's something that I always look for. I, you know, when I look for in, you know, I look for personality. I think, um, You've got to have an, a unique voice, just like your style has to stand out. You've got to have something to say that isn't already being said. Um, because frankly, one of the things that happens is when we sell a comic to a paper or we try to sell a comic to a paper, um, a lot of people are going to look at your comic and say, okay, well, we already have a comic about X. Right. Why is this one different? Um, so that's where having having your own voice and being confident in your own voice, I think, is really important. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's got to be fascinating. Uh, uh, that that slush pile is is uh, you know got to be so incredible. But yeah, I'm very envious actually, uh, because being able to, like I said, look for talent uh, at this time, like there's just so many incredible people out there making amazing comics. So utterly amazing, utterly amazing cartoonists. And I, I actually, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I do have another anthology project coming up that I've, I've been editing this week and we've got again, dozens of incredible cartoonists, some of whom you probably know, and some of whom are going to be new to you. And it's just, it's so exciting uh, to be able to work with like all different incredibly talented people. Yeah. Well, you have a dream job, T. So, so, so good, 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 good for you. Well, listen, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today. T. Thank you, Heidi. Absolutely. You know, I, I this was, this was an absolute pleasure and I'm yeah. glad we, well, I'm sure we'll be talking more, uh, in the future as well, uh, because you are, uh, a name out there that people should know. So, yeah, thank you. Um, and as always, here there will be more to talk.